Hey, listener, Zach Harper here. Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. Also, fastest growing fantasy app in the industry. Here's how it works. The Pick'em Game. Pick whether your favorite players will have a higher or lower stat total in this week's game for a chance to win big. How big, you ask? I'm so glad you asked that question, listener. You can win up to 100 times your money in a single night. Pick between two and five players. Build a pick'em entry. You can also do rivals picks. You can put like Tyrese Halliburton and Jalen Brunson against each other. And whoever has more points, more assists, more rebounds, whatever you want to do, that is your rivals pick. I would maybe go with Jalen Brunson in these playoffs. By the way, in the regular season, Jalen Brunson, scoring tear, going higher on his point totals all the time. Joel Embiid, whenever he did actually play, higher on his scoring totals all the time. Victor Wembanyama for the next 15, 20 years, here's a pro tip for you. Take higher on the blocks. That's right. So you're probably wondering, how do you sign up? Oh my God, listener, you are full of good questions today. Sign up with the promo code DING, that's D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick First time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. $250, man, that's a lot. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store. And don't forget to register with our code DING, D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick and first time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. Must be 18 or older, 21 or older in Massachusetts, Arizona, 19 or older in Alabama and Nebraska, and present in a state where underdog fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org. Arizona, 1-800-NEXT-STEP. That's 1-800-639-8783. Or text next step. To 53342. New York, call the 24 7 Hope Line at 1 877 8 Hope and Y or text Hope and Y for 67369. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6 1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello, I'm Paul Giamatti. And I'm Stephen Asma. Join us on the Chinwag Podcast every Wednesday, where we trade the banal and the boring for the super strange and bizarre. They committed human sacrifice? I did bring up human sacrifice, yes. You sure did. <laughs> that just went by fast. Gotta casually toss that out. I would like to have an alien uh, hatchet young inside. Holy shit, really? She saw world peace and I saw demons coming out of the wall. I will say that there was a green couch outside of the principal's office and you sat on it if you had lice or if you got into trouble. <laughs> <laughs> they wake you up from the goo pods to live in reality, and you're naked and screaming. It's like... <laughs> Follow us for free on Apple Podcasts and all major podcast platforms. For more information, go to chinwagpod.fm and find enlightenment through our Instagram or TikTok at chinwagpod or on Twitter at chinwag underscore pod. You like this movie? I mean, we'll get into it, I guess, but goodness. I didn't know what to expect, but I've been going over my choices... Obviously, this one stuck out because the title is Jade, which has a different connotation to us. He doesn't make an appearance once in this movie. Yeah, I was waiting. I don't know. There, there are a bunch of conspiracies going on. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe he wrote it. And I'll tell you one thing. There's at least one scene with Kim Trails. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> I have yet to laugh in this movie. I'll just tell you that. You picked it, motherfucker. So. <laughs> just remember that. You know the problem with Hollywood is? They make shit. Unbelievable, unremarkable shit. So I was legitimately offended. You were I offended? Was a, I was offended. I didn't know you could get offended. I was offended. This did it. If I were gay, I wouldn't be offended. They're fucking making shit up, I mean! Inconsequential detail after inconsequential detail after inconsequential detail. Please don't lie. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I'm holding a mic in my hands and now I'm talking all over. Cinephobe, the podcast where we break down the movies you're afraid to admit you love. I'm Zach Harper. That's Amin Al Hassan. That's Anthony Mays. 
This week on Cinephobe, the 1995 sexual thriller, Jade. Not Jade Hoy, it's just called Jade, guys. Stars David Caruso, who was, man, this guy. <sighs> Coming off a couple of years of, uh, a couple of seasons of NYPD Blue. And he was uh, in the uh, Nick Cage thriller, Kiss of Death. He was seven years away from being on CSI Miami, which is the only thing he's really been on in the past, uh, since 2001. But this movie was the nascent infant stages of him perfecting the CSI Miami look. I mean, he's like, incomprehensibly the worst actor we've come across in this. In this oh, series. never. Are you kidding me? Never. Every it's facial expression worse. he has is an orgasm. Zach, are you carrying any Caruso bias into this film from other work? No, like no, 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 no. I went in because I haven't seen him in anything in forever. So, like, it's not like I watched. I've never seen CSI Miami. I've only seen, like, clips. The trailers. Which is <laughs> all you need. <laughs> oh, you've been watching other clips of him putting his sunglasses on. Right? <laughs> I've watched the seasons of him on NYPD Blue. Um, that show got a lot better once Jimmy Smith's took over. I've Wait, seen Kiss of Death. After Jimmy Smith's? No, he was he was the original, and then he was extremely successful on it, and he left to make this movie. To make this movie? Oh, hey, yes. Um, and wow. It's stunning. This is also starring Linda Fiorentino. I love her. Uh, I love you may her. remember her from Men in Black. And Dogma. No, and The Last Seduction. If you like sex thrillers, <laughs> Last Seduction's an all-time. I've never heard. Never heard of that movie. Wow. We also get Chaz Palmentieri. Love him. Uh, he starred in Jade this exact same year he starred in The Usual Suspects. I mean, that's <laughs> that's a that's as, as 50% as you can get from a mathematical standpoint. Attaboy. Holla. One for them and one for me, right? <laughs> <laughs> He's also in A Bronx Tale. I love him in A Bronx That's a great movie. Did you know that he wrote A Bronx Tale? And that he it wrote is, it? It's actually based on his life story. What? Really? Yeah, he's, man. He's C? He's the kid? Yeah, he's Caligula or whatever, yeah. 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 Caligula. Caligula. <laughs> I just like to say it like I've got like peanut butter in my mouth. Caligula. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, wow, I didn't know that. That was big because they didn't want to, like, he had to really fight to get that movie made. The other thing was because, what's his name? De Niro was originally supposed to play Chaz Palminteri's role. Okay. And he didn't like it. He said he wanted to play the father instead. Oh. So, yeah. yeah it's actually like, it's a, the background to that movie is actually really interesting. Oh, way more interesting we, than if, this movie. If we did a good movie podcast, it would be great to get into that. But unfortunately, <laughs> we don't. Unfortunately, we don't. So this, Jade was directed by William Friedkin. More like William Freakin, am I right, guys? No? Uh, he directed The French Connection, The Exorcist, and Blue Chips. The year before this movie, Blue Chips. My man directed through the greatest movies of all time. Yeah. And Jade. And Jade. <laughs> now, okay, now. Okay. <laughs> These trivia ought to be phenomenal. Yeah. He's had a roller coaster of a career. Also, our guy, Joe Esterhaus, he wrote it, as you would expect. Uh, you may remember him from Showgirls. Released the same year as Jade. Man, he was fapping hard that year. Esther Haas is 95 or Affleck's 2003. Oh, man. No. That's tough, man. Knowing that this dude is the dude that wrote Showgirls? Oh, no, man. I'm sorry. Yo. <laughs> now you're in? <laughs> yeah. Just give this man something. Oh, anything. my God. Man, L.A. must have been an unforgiving <laughs> town back then. Synopsis for Jade. A bright assistant DA investigates a gruesome hatchet murder and hides a clue he found at the crime scene. Under professional threats and an attempt on his life, he goes on heartbroken because evidence points to the woman he still loves. Tagline. Some women have secret fantasies. Some women have secret lives. Oh, come on. You could do better than that. Well, there is one, one other one. It says some fantasies go too far. Ooh. You like that better? Huh? $50 million budget for this movie. Clearly not on the stunts. None of it's been on stunts. <laughs> we'll get into that. Oh, my God. The pier alone is, I, I mean, all right. I might, I might file this movie. Uh, it did $9.8 million at the domestic box office. 9.8. It's that Caruso clout. 
This is a movie you can find on rentals, or I'm sure someone put it on YouTube or something. Jade receives 14% from critics on 29 reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, 27% from the audience on over 7,000 ratings. Small sample size. Very small sample size. Do you want the positive or the negative? Give me the positives, man. I like the momentum. Steve Rhodes of Internet Reviews. A high point of the show, even if it does go on a bit too long, is one great car chase scene. No, come on. There was not a great car chase scene in this movie. Come on. Steve is out of his mind. Steve, Um, come on, man. (laughs) Jeffrey M. Anderson of Combustible Celluloid. It's a good, solid thriller with some terrific touches by Friedkin and some truly bizarre ones by Esterhaus. Accurate. Michael Dakina of themoviereport.com, a fairly suspenseful and entertaining thriller. And then I got a user review. Because there weren't many you Were know, there any critics in newspaper? reviews. No, 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 no. Critics are, oh, no. Wow. Not for a positive review. You kidding me? This is back <laughs> when you tried to keep your job. Jack B. Totally underrated. The director's ending completes the story. Without it, there are questions. So I feel like we may have missed out. Yeah, we'll have to talk about that. I'm assuming that we all watched the non-director's cut. I'm assuming we did too. Because what the fuck? Yeah. Because I was, I didn't get any answers. <laughs> Negative reviews. Dennis Schwartz of. Ozus's World Movie Reviews, Senseless Erotic Murder Thriller. Yeah, that's pretty Pretty accurate. Yeah. Bruce Dionis of The New Yorker. Writer Joe Esterhaus's follow-up to his showgirls fiasco is every bit as hopeless, and this time he takes some good actors down with him. Oh, that's that's (laughs) his Gina Gershon catching strays. (laughs) Yeah, now, Bruce, you and I are enemies now. Uh, Caffeinated Clint from Movie Hole, an erotic thriller that's as unsexy as it is unthrilling. (laughs) <laughs> that's actually pretty accurate yeah, yeah victoria alexander of films what happened here <laughs> frank ocheng of the world journal.com a monotonous and misguided sexual thriller that certainly doesn't cater to the typical friedkin vibes and caruso left his top rated critically acclaimed abc tv cop show for this oh wow hit him where it hurts rob vo of flipside movie emporium post viewing showers should be mandatory <laughs> that actually could be a positive review if I think about it. Hey yo, Carlos. Um, <laughs> oh boy, are right, these last two or something? Carlo Cavagna of AboutFilm.com more degrading than some porn films. Who calls them porn films? All right, first of all, <laughs> second of all, I don't find any of them to be degrading, sir. <laughs> except for, except for the one with uh, what's her name? Ah, I forgot it. Annette Schwartz. Those ones maybe a little. All right. <laughs> and this last one is not credited for any writer, just as USA Today. This is the second high-profile Joe Esterhaus script in three weeks, and were it not sleazy enough to make his showgirls Howlerama pass for fun, you could debate whether he or Mark Furman has had a worse fall season. Wow. Yeah, Topical. that's a... Topical. Topical indeed. So I was trying to decide, and then I discovered... That O.J. Simpson was acquitted on October 3rd, 1995. There's a news article on October 19th, 1995 in the AP News by Brent Collistad. O.J. is visiting Panama City Beach, Florida with his girlfriend Paula Barbieri. On Tuesday, he took her to see the violent erotic thriller Jade. O.J., fresh off of being cleared, takes his new girlfriend to see this movie. Hello, Twitter world. Now... You may have heard some things about me in the movies I like to watch. Well, I'm just a guy that likes good filmmaking, and gosh darn it. Oh, no. We can all agree to disagree. I mean, this is the biggest evidence that he did it, right? He probably loved the movie. Of yeah, course. Man. I imagine him with a cigar, lit cigar, standing up and clapping as he clits a cigar <laughs> in his mouth. Bravo, bravo. I mean, what's your first, uh, your first note? Linda Fiorentino was bad as fuck. Not wrong. Not wrong at all. Opening scene is the weird fog and the coloring made me think I was watching the opening of Ted Rex for a second. Oh, boy. A lot of Asian art to start this one off. It reminds me of the quote from the fake Menendez Brothers trial and the cable guy. Uh, oh, my God. My kid brother's been shot. I think it was an Asian gang or something. I saw someone. He looked Asian. And he was speaking another language. I'm pretty sure it was... Asian. <laughs> he said something Asian. Asian. <laughs> I, I, think, Asian. <laughs> uh, 
underrated part of that, oh, that man. clip when he's being cross-examined and he takes off his glasses in frustration. But <laughs> <laughs> what a cluttered fucking house. Like someone cleaned cluttered up. Cluttered and- house. And this intro is four minutes long. It is pretty long. Yeah. Four minutes before we get anything. It's just taking a tour of the house. Showing all this art. You hear it, some moaning. It's not just the showing this art. It's showing this like too much. Like it doesn't look like a cool house with some dope art hanging up. It looks like someone's got a messy and it doesn't look like it's been ransacked either. No. It just looks messy as hell. Like I've got just too much shit for this. Yeah. For this house. So I wrote this. I said, I guess this is ni- nice for not having to take notes. But here I am taking notes while we get a Muted Cribs episode of this house with a weird Asian fetish. It's amazing how patient the filmmaking was considering this is only a 90-minute movie. And then it sounds like someone's getting murdered, but they're not showing us. Blood comes out from behind a screen. Now they cut to a ballroom. And it look, are they retiring a tuxedo into the rafters? Anybody else <laughs> notice that? There are other things I noticed in this movie. By and the I way, wrote, oh. is this Derek Rose's Bulls jersey retirement ceremony? Uh, no, that's too. All right. Never mind. I was happy with that one. Chaz and Linda are dancing. I'm just referring to them as their real names. I don't even know what they're. One is Trina, the girl, because I thought it was so odd for there to be a white woman named Trina. Okay. <laughs> okay. Matt and Katrina Gavin. I found it weird that Chaz Palmitteri, who has a very Italian speaking style, and kept using the word Paisan would have such a rather waspish name like Matt Gavin. And by the way, and by the way, I just remembered Caruso's character's name has a very Italian name. What was it? His name's David Corelli. If anyone was going to be a Corelli, it should have been Chaz and this dude should have been Gavin. Well, David Corelli also sounds exactly like David Caruso. <laughs> hey, when you're the star, you get to you get to make demands like that. At what point do you think he realized this movie was a mistake? Never. He didn't. He probably doesn't think it's a mistake. Friedkin doesn't. Really? Oh, boy. All right, so Chaz and Linda are dancing. Caruso's watching them. He kind of looks like a young, redheaded Popovich. You notice that? Am I the only one that sees that? Yeah, you're the only one that sees that. All right, they're talking about Chaz getting someone named Murphy off from getting 30 years. Caruso steals Linda during a dance. David Caruso is shockingly ginger. Every time I see him, I'm always taken aback by his gingerdom. He's really ginger, like um, uncomfortably so. He's a daywalker, though. He doesn't have the freckles. Uh huh. Well, the other thing also is (laughs) when he does that maneuver, I say, what a cock block. What a tremendous cock block. I mean, it's amazing. The music's so loud. I can't even, like, the music in this movie is too loud for the levels of dialogue. You guys notice that? Well, the music kicks up to an outrageous level, like when we see the fertility mask every time. And yeah, there's definitely some problems in the, in that respect. This movie had a lot of, um, like, editing quirks. Quirks is a nice way of putting it. It reminded me, but then I realized even Battlefield Earth had better editing than this. <laughs> I do make a Battlefield Earth reference at some point. <laughs> because they just cut. Like, it's almost like it was. this wasn't completed or something. They just cut all of a sudden, or the, the scene will be seven seconds long, and then it'll cut to something else. And then you've got the, the audio levels going up and down and all that stuff. Yeah. The other question I said is, these kind of balls, these galas or whatever, do they still exist? Yeah, this is a real ball in San Francisco, the black and white ball for the symphony. Because I was going to say, or am I just not privy to that circle? Yeah, what we, Yeah, maybe we're just not in that life. I've never, yeah, I've never been invited to one of these. I've never seen an invite to one of these. I don't see anyone on Instagram. Maybe the people I follow aren't really sophisticated like that. But, you know, none of these ass models have ever been to any one of these um uh, black and white balls or anything like that. Well, not those, but, uh, oh boy. yeah, I, I just didn't know. Like, is this, is this normal or is this something of a bygone era? Yeah. I don't feel like we do galas the way we used to. Right. Yeah. It feels like we used to have them all the time, whether you were and, invited to them or not. Like you would hear about them all the time. And, now it's just the Met Gala. Black tie. Everyone would be black tie for this. Yeah. Chaz steals her back. There's a love tryst roller coaster. Caruso gets a page over the loudspeaker that he has a call, so he walks into the bar and asks where their phone is. And I wrote, what a bunch of Neanderthals. That oh. is the most primitive thing. Imagine getting a page. Yeah, I mean, It'll like, still happen but, in the airport every once in a while, right? Yeah, yeah. 
the courtesy phone. Yeah. yeah. Admittedly, my attention wasn't great on this one. I have a note that I stopped paying attention, but Linda's talking about the dude who was murdered and Crusoe says he was murdered. And I think that's what the phone call was about. Yeah. Cause she says, Oh, I was just there. I saw him today and whatever. Oh, okay. So he, he rushes over and this is the part where they get to the crime scene. And I swear to God, I had to rewind it because at first I thought, oh, my God, this guy was into some really freaky stuff. Look at that weird sex doll that looks like an old man that he's got hanging from the closet. Oh, no, no. And then I realized, oh, no, that is what their special effects department thought a corpse looks like. Yeah. It, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's the fakest thing I've ever seen. The sex doll in the movie Good Boys looked way more realistic than this. <laughs> oh, it actually does. Also... Were they trying to go for a Silence of the Lambs vibe here? I think we we're supposed to be very creeped out by the gruesome murder scene, but to me, it was just—it just looked so ridiculously fake that I was. I didn't like, even—I didn't even look. Did it have a dick? I didn't look either because I thought it was just a, a like a weird doll or something. <laughs> this whole movie is essentially Basic Instinct again, right? Yeah, and so the body looks a lot like the body at the beginning of Basic Instinct. Oh, that's a good call. He's murdered with an artifact hatchet. He was wearing a fertility mask. He's been strung up like Jesus. He's old. Uh, I wrote, what kind of sicko wears a fertility mask? I think this movie happened because Caruso just wanted to wear a tuxedo. And he wanted to say lines like, this was rage. Yeah. This was rage. I or, just stared or, into the... There's a tin with hair on it or hair in it on a table. Uh, I said that answers my sicko fertility question. There are a bunch of tins with hair all over them and Caruso drops this gem. Either he's collecting pubic hair or he's auditioning for a clear all ad. Clear all ad. That's uh the hair dyeing hair dye. Was That's it? Clear all is a hair dye, yeah. By the way, his partner, the woman you're talking about, right? Yeah. She has the official nineties movie police detective hairdo. Every woman oh, who was a cop in the nineties had that hairdo right there. And then later on, as I'm watching and listening to her talk, I realize why she looked so familiar. Do you know who that is, Zach? No. That is the Woman cop, the bomb expert in Rush Hour. Remember when Detective Carter comes back oh, and she's trying yeah. to defuse the bomb and then he bangs on the window? Yes. And then she like, that's her. Wow. I'll be with way Good more pull. hair. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Was, finds a cufflink in the bed, gives it to her, says not to log it until he tells her to. That's... That's not how that works, right? This whole movie is confusing because I'm used to David Caruso being a cop. Yes. But he's not a cop in this movie. I thought he was a cop for the first I, half of this movie. Until someone said something about an election coming up. Yeah. I was like, well, well you know, cops don't get elected. Only DAs get elected. Then I realized, oh, he's supposed to be DA. But what, what kind of DA is all over or ADA or whatever? He's all over the crime scene, like acting like he's a detective. Why not just make him a detective? <laughs> I just don't understand. And the cops were very well. You got to add the political element later. That's why. But and the cops were very like conciliatory. Like, oh, go right ahead. Why don't you lead the like cops? Don't do that shit. We get the fuck out of my crime scene. Like, I we collect the evidence. You try them. Like, you don't come yeah, around here and right. tell us how to, how to run an investigation. Yeah, that's not how any of that works. We find out they have prints on the hatchet. Now he goes to like a backroom mahjong tournament or something. Like what? Where did he go? Chinatown, baby. I really wanted, I really wanted this scene to be like more meaningful. Like, oh, these are characters we got to keep up with. These this old Chinese man, yeah. who by the way is the monk from The Golden Child. Also, he's uh, he's one of the main characters in Big Trouble in Little China. Yes, that dude has made a living out of playing mysterious Chinese people. It sounded horrible. Well, I mean, just that's, that's how, <laughs> he's just accurately describing what Hollywood yeah. did at the time. This is also yeah. our, our second straight movie with an actor from Big Trouble in Little China, by the way. There you go. Keep it going. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he asked Mr. Wong if he recognizes the tin with the hair in it. It means Jade. Jade. <laughs> Linda and Chaz drive up to a private jet. Linda's flying out, finds out that the millionaire has been murdered. As she's getting on the plane. The pilot, who is not, like, making sure the plane is ready and hitting switches in there, standing out on tarmac, asks her, will you be having breakfast with us today? And I said, where the fuck are these lazy-ass flight attendants? Wow. Huh? And I get off your ass, toots, and get, get oh my, some coffee wow. going. 
Oh wait, no, it is 1995. You actually, you could say that back. I'm, and that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. would have said. Now, Chaz and Crusoe are at church, joking about Linda possibly taking Crusoe back someday. They're joking about him being a bad lover. Is this a Peter slash Quagmire friendship? Oh, because a good like, he seems very cool with the idea of his best friend wanting to fuck his wife at all times. Yeah, he's very comfortable with that in this movie. <laughs> And having fucked his wife in the past. Yeah, yes. he's definitely good with that. Uh, Would you be good with that? No. But, like, it wasn't anything untoward. It just, it, they, she went out with him, and now she go. Now you guys are together. We were best friends. Yeah. You were dating someone. Yeah. Now we're still best friends, and that's my wife. No. Now you married her. Yeah. No, you wouldn't be cool with that? What? Wait, wait. What if she told you, you're so much better than he was? <laughs> As as Linda Fiorentino did to Chaz. She thought, yeah. oh, you're way better fuck. Still no? Still no. <laughs> if it's Linda that, Fiorentino, I'll take it. Yeah, let's say, man. Yeah. It's Linda Fiorentino. Yeah, man. she's she's been her Gina Gershon. Yeah, it's all yeah, I'm I'm good. I'm in. Get it where you can live it, man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, all right. Crusoe's at the precinct now, going over the pictures of an old guy and a woman fucking. None of these uh, are positions where he'd be inside of her. Hold on. Did you guys notice that? No. The best one was the picture of him getting hit. <laughs> this, I, I swear to God, like this movie, there are multiple times I said, if we had a video element to this podcast, yeah. this would have been like through the roof. Oh the, my God, best, yeah. the best one out of all the ones we've done. Because there's so much stuff I can't describe to you. The, the position and the look on the dude's face as he's getting hit in this picture. <laughs> he looks like a seal that's trying to escape. <laughs> He does. But, yeah, he look he looks like he's trying to get out of there. Yeah, like but like trying to get out of there not with his arms and legs but like flopping his whole body away. Right. Right. Yeah, and yeah. she looks like a predator that just clamped down right on his midsection. All right, so none of these positions other than him getting head would be where he's inside of her cuz they just don't make sense physically. And then I wrote maybe he gets off on cuddling. It reminds me, have you ever watched that show Taboo? Yeah. Yeah, right. so there was an episode where a guy got off from popping balloons. I don't know if you ever saw that one. Oh, I haven't. But there is a scene where he walks into a room and they have made a balloon that's roughly bigger than him. And I've know. never seen pure joy like the look on his face oh, when he sees that oh. giant balloon. Let me, do they pop it? Oh, yeah. Oh, they pop it. I mean, oh, my they God. definitely he, pop it. Hold on. Taboo <laughs> balloon. That's what I'm. <laughs> it, that, that's my favorite episode of that. It was the balloon one. Crusoe and Chaz, I wrote, are recklessly playing racquetball. I mean, recklessly. Yeah, is that racquetball or squash? I can never tell. No, I don't know. Either, yeah, either one. It, what, whichever way it is, oh, I guarantee it's not played squash, that way. Yeah. No, not only, not only is it not played, but they're having like a very vigorous conversation. In yeah. There that is every uh, point is punctuated with swinging of the racket. So it's yeah. like they're talking about this right now. And, well, if it wasn't for that, then it'd be that. And then everything is kind of like with that weird grunting uh, kind of punctuation exclamation to it. Yeah, Chaz tells Caruso that there are only three things in life, money, sex, and power, to which Caruso says two out of three ain't bad, what, which I what wrote, does, which two does he have? Yeah. <laughs> I would argue that he he doesn't, he only ha maybe has an outside chance at one, right? <laughs> like the DA has some power, but. Right. But not money, the not, assistant DA, it turns out, so. Yeah. Well, he wants to run against his boss. Right. Crusoe shows the older guy pictures of the dead guy fucking. I didn't really pay attention to this scene. What? No. What do you? What the hell are you talking about? This is the Governor Edwards. I mean, it's the governor, but oh. like, I, I just wasn't paying attention. Oh no, wait, Zach, he goes off, to... Zach. What are you talking Zach. about? The the hold on, Zach. I wasn't paying the, attention. The governor scene is what I told you. This is this is this is the, well. Then I'd already character. seen. I'd already slept, walked through it before. I might have been falling asleep at this point. I can't remember. I I watch this in two two settings. So so let me say this right now. The governor is this is the guy that I I, I enjoyed the most by far. He nearly wins the movie in this scene, dude. It's amazing. So first of all, he says, "I got to." He tells the governor. I need to speak to you alone. And the governor does this whole speech about how this isn't his, because whatever I can see, he can see, and he knows where the bodies are buried. And which was, by the way, very eerily close to the late David Stearns. I know where the bodies are buried because I buried them because I put yeah. them there. Right. It, like he almost says it like that, but he kind of doesn't. 
But uh, which leads me to believe that David Stern watched this movie in 1995 Ooh. and like wrote that down like one day, man. These motherfuckers are going to trust me and I'm going to just have to drop this atomic bomb on them. Because let me say this right now. The governor is that kind of character. Every time he shows up, that motherfucker got a line for you. He's got an absolute atomic bomb on. So anyway, Caruso hands him like the first of the pictures. Yeah. The guy takes a look at it and tells his assistant, you, you better leave me and David alone. Walk out. And the assistant looks so hurt, man. I've never seen anyone look that upset about being asked to leave the room. He just, <laughs> and he just kept staring at Caruso as he walked out the room. So then he starts talking about, and or else you'll end up like Jerry Brown. That was the funniest line of the whole movie. So it's the governor of California telling Caruso he better watch his ass if he's got political aspirations with who you show things and what you do or else you'll end up like Jerry Brown and Caruso says who's Jerry Brown and if you don't know who Jerry Brown is former governor of California and then became governor of California again in 2011 it is impossible for him to be the assistant DA in San Francisco and not know who who Jerry Brown is he was joking along with the governor though he knew but oh. uh, but that's not the part the writing of the line is what's funny because Esterhaz is like who's some government official that's done yeah you done so <laughs> you out of here you never no one ever heard of you again you under the thing like he was going for, he would try to go he tried to pull like uh Anthony Weiner. He was trying to pull a, a name like that or the, the contemporary for that or Elliot Spitzer, someone like his political career is dashed to ruins. And the one guy he picked was a dude who would become governor again, basically like a decade or so later. It was unbelievable. I was just sitting there like, no way. I, I was so staggered. I was like, did I hear that right? Maybe in 1995, Jerry Brown saw this movie. He's like, fuck Joe Esther Haas. Yeah, I gotta come <laughs> back, yeah. Yeah. Hey, motherfucker, I got, I got one for you here. How about this? Hey. They said I was finished. The other thing in this scene is that the governor, who starts off very pleasantly and da-da-da, at some point becomes quite the potty mouth. He calls uh, the deceased, miserable cock-sucking son of a bitch, and then later on informs Caruso when Caruso says, aren't you afraid of being blackmailed? Wouldn't it just be an awful goddamn shame if one hairy little pussy and a thimbleful of sperm were to affect the future of this great state of ours? Was Medford blackmailing you? I don't get blackmailed, Mr. Corelli. I do the fucking. I never get fucked. Do you like that? Or do you like our guy from Showgirls saying, I got a problem with pussy? No, this guy way better. Because he sounded okay. cool. My okay. other man just sounded like a dork but like this <laughs> the governor i'm telling you every line the governor delivers i'm like this motherfucker cool as hell man like that that's like that's what i would be like if i were going i don't i don't get fucked i do the fucking like hey remember jerry brown yeah fuck him too yeah you miserable fucking cocksucker i was just like yeah i was really rooting for this guy you're rooting for the governor okay can we go to linda fiorentino now yes she's apparently talking to a company about workplace attitude stuff, um, talking to workers about going crazy, not realizing they're acting out. Now she's in her hotel room naked, talking on the phone. Very she awkward all, position to be sitting horrible in. Horrible position, yeah. Like, like maybe she had a back injury she was trying to stretch out or something. No, I don't really understand. It was, it was all about this is what it was. I don't know if you noticed this. I absolutely noticed this. It was also she'd be sitting at the right angle where her reflection in the patio door window glass would be visible so you could see her breasts. And that's what I saw. She calls Chaz. She leaves a message on his machine, which remember, remember that. Yeah, remember answer machines. What? All right, like, okay, like, that's, all right, man. Don't don't be that guy. Chaz has a woman at the office. She goes to blow him on the balcony. He yelled at her too. He like he did. Yeah, he was aggressive. Caruso is with the guy who wants him off the case. By the way, that's the point where I write. What's with the editing? Very awkward transitions. Terrible it's transitions. Just, yeah, it's just like. Getting his dick sucked up. Boop, or you see Caruso walking around. I'm like, okay. Before you move on, Zach, it should be noted that in her speech about clinical psychology, she talks about hysterical blindness, which uh, is when yes. you are blind to the darkness within themselves and people are not aware of the bad acts that they have committed. Oh, come back. Spoiler alert. Caruso says he's onto something, but I have no idea what he's onto. He says he'll go public if he's taken off the case. A lot of dick measuring in this scene. 
but I couldn't really figure out why, like other than being taken off the case. And I guess it was just because it was the governor, like they were trying to get him off. Yeah. Like they're like, he's, he's clearly investigating something that higher powers don't want him to investigate. Um, yeah. So, the, but then he tells the, the, his boss, the DA, if you take me off, I'm going to go public, which I thought was like a little forward. And also the DA for the, for San Francisco, has a really shitty office. Terrible office. Like, I thought they'd have something nicer than that, man. You're in the Hall of Justice, man. You look like your office is like something that like a, a private eye would rent out for a couple hundred bucks a month. All right, Crusoe now is looking at a woman's file who has a record. It turns out to be Angie Everhart. Uh, he takes a helicopter to the shore, to which I wrote, what is this police department's budget? But this not is also a, back when I still thought he was a cop. Yeah, also, yeah, he's not a cop. But also, yeah. I like how they, they duck because, you know, he's so tall, he might get hit by the helicopter blade. <laughs> Wouldn't you just do that anyway? Him and the him and the fat cop. I think I would do that one because I've seen it in movies and two. You never know. The fat cop is also one of my favorite guys. I do love the fat cop. He's great. Oh, he's man. like a – you can tell they couldn't get Wilford Brimley. Love of a loser. Well, Wilford Brimley refused to do all the running, so. Yeah, his name is uh, P.D. Vasco, and he had the line when they found the pictures, we know one thing, not a nun. Yeah. yeah he actually has did. a couple of lines in this yeah, movie that are I'm good. Yeah. You, Between him and the other guy who was in Terminator, they, they each get off some zingers. They're at the Medford property where the police are looking at everything. They, they explain what a harmony pillow is a little too much. Okay. okay, I love this scene. This scene is amazing. So this is our guy Vasco. He picks up a harmony pillow. And at first, I didn't see that there was a label that he's reading. He just thought he was just deciding. Because it sounds like he just memorized like the instructions. And over here we have a harmony pillow. This pillow allows deeper penetration by positioning both partners most advantageously. It raises the female hips, facilitating male entry. You can inflate the pillow to varying degrees of hardness or softness while enjoying the thrill of rotary and floating action. Ew! He touched the pillow. Knowing, like, all types of bodily fluids with his bare hands, by the way. He's doing this barehanded. But then... He absolutely one ups this. By the next thing he does, he opens the drawer mm-hmm. to reach in and find another piece of evidence that is sitting there nestled, among other things, a dildo. And like in my mind, I was like, I wonder if he's gonna pick up the dildo and explain what it does. <laughs> <laughs> but like in my mind, like like I understand haha mean very funny. But then as he's reaching to grab one of the things, his hand touches the dildo. <laughs> Yeah, exactly, Boogie. (laughs) Same thing I thought. I was like, yuck. (laughs) This dude's bare hand just like casually rubbing up on a strange dildo. Why don't any of these people use gloves? Especially in this case. Yeah. Then there's a mini fridge with a Wolfgang Puck pizza, uh, Beluga, and Cristal. That's our second movie with Cristal, by the way. Esterhaus. Joe Esterhaus loves it, yeah. Well, Cristal, um, was, that was a champagne of choice, man, of the 90s. Of, it was, absolutely. Because the gold bottle is always very recognizable. That's why. I did not notice the Wolfgang Puck pizza, though. Oh, man, that's the first thing I noticed, actually. <laughs> Cristal calls it a fuckhouse. Oh, man. Cristal, Beluga, Wolfgang Puck. It's a fuckhouse. That's my favorite Caruso line in the movie. Oh, my oh, God. It's... That might have been the line of the movie, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the other cop says it's not just a fuckhouse, and he shows all these cameras. Which I guess still makes it a fuckhouse. And then the the partner, the female partner, comes in to which the old guy says, "Did you see these jam and jellies and clitter fix? I was thinking about you." And she says, "Grab some of these butt plugs because yeah, because you're you're a pretty big asshole." Which I thought was a good comment. I just wrote 1995, fellas. That's what this was. Hey, they find some burnt cassette tape in a fireplace, and they're asking the neighbor, exactly. "Remember those?" I do, Amin. Thanks for that observation. That was an old-time uh, technology. Uh, neighbors being asked about all the women. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. That keep coming through that fuckhouse. Patrice Jacinto is uh, the suspect they're looking for. It's the woman with the record that they had a picture of. Now we've got an Angie Everhart sighting. They come to her place of business, and she immediately runs away. This is the funniest shit to me, dude. A giant, tall, redheaded woman working in a 
Chinese beauty parlor. Yeah. But see, here's the thing. I swear to God, they kept saying she works in a Chinese parlor. Oh. And I'm thinking, oh, wow. This is quite the diversity we're going with here. I mean, I get it. Sometimes a the clientele they want a want a little different. Want a maybe maybe a little, a little more fiery, if you will. Um, and then I, she they walk in. I'm like, oh, it's a beauty parlor. Uh, thanks, guys. <laughs> but then this is the most amazing part. She says, oh yeah, and then proceeds to run away out the back door. And I'm thinking. Dude, she's wearing a skirt. She's in heels. Five five paces. They're going to knock her ass down. This is easy. She proceeds to Yo, take them on the longest chase ever. She is booking it. That is like, the most she's absolutely cooking person. these guys, I mean. In the most unimaginable way, climbing up shit. Climbing through. Yeah, she, she goes upstairs. Through. Like, what are you going upstairs for? Oh, no. I, I, I can't blame her, man. Yeah, like no one's ever lasted that long running on high heels, evading the cop in the oh, history of everything. I Nobody. Mean, she, Flojo. Flojo couldn't evade the cops like that, man. Well, so here's what I didn't understand is like she's cooking these guys, right? Caruso and the old man. But then somehow Caruso catches her on the stairs. And while the old man is still behind and out of breath. He should have been nowhere close. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. He kept pace. I kind of like I was like really impressed. I'm like you're out of breath. You look like you're about to have a heart attack. You're, but you never like lose pace. You're always exactly the same amount of paces behind Caruso that you've been throughout this whole chase, which is not that far back behind her, mind you. Like she's still in his eye, you know, eye shot basically. When he finally grabs her and cuffs her, the number of times he says "God damn it," I've never heard that that many times in any setting. Not. Not a movie, not real life, not a play, not a radio show. But you're God damn it! But God damn it, hold still! God damn it! Shut up! We had you go downtown. Come on, come on, God damn it! God damn it, just sit still, God damn it. I was like, how many God damn it is he dropping right here? So they bring her in for interrogation. And then she revs up and starts talking. I said, she sounds like she's answering the question. Sir, the question was, is this your handwriting? Jade must have rocked his world. Because he wanted me to bend over and turn around. But I don't take it that way. He told me that Jade, she took it anyway. She couldn't get enough of it. She loved it. Ma'am, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah. I was getting major Elizabeth Berkeley vibes in this scene. Yeah, there yeah, there's some similarities there. Esther has definitely has a type. Maybe this is the showgirls too we always <laughs> always wanted. Penny's <laughs> uh, from Evan. Oh. She's confessing that she met the dude at a party, that the guys wanted to fuck Jade instead, that she hated it. Um the story is just horrendous, right? You're right, I mean. It, it is a whole just like is this your handwriting? Do we need to explain that joke? The, is is this your handwriting? I just realized it like we have listeners that may not be familiar with that whole thing. When Donald Sterling a long time ago had to go to court for, for whatever it was, for either being racist and or sexist and or something else, right? There's a very famous piece of the testimony that came out where this is exactly, I'm going to read verbatim what he said. Well, I fool around sometimes. I do. When a girl seduces me and tells me all these hot stories and dirty things and tell me how much she wants to suck on me and takes my shoes off and licks my feet and touches me. When I'm in a limousine, she takes off all her clothes. The limo driver said, what's going on? And she started sucking me on the way to Mr. Coon's house. And I thank her. I thank her for making me feel good. And the lawyer says, sir, the question was, is this your handwriting? Ladies and gentlemen, that I did not make that up. I did not <laughs> That's a real twist testimony. There, I did not there take pictures. that out of order. Yeah. This is exactly this. I'm reading it from the court document. It's exactly, by the way, the court document, which was quoted by at talk hoops. This is so weird. <laughs> it's so weird. He's driving his, and we're in San Francisco, so it's very hilly. His brakes aren't working because they've been cut. There's brake fluid everywhere. He's going downhill. He's out of control. Why um, is he jerking the wheel around like that? I don't know, but his facial acting <laughs> is ridiculous. Like he's. Literally going a hard 90, uh, 90 degree turn left and right when right. you're looking at the wheel. Right, but the car's not going in the those cars, The car's just going straight ahead. And, and, and when he flips, 
when the oh. car flips in the air, he looks like he's coming. That's his facial expression. Oh, also, did you see how the way the car flipped? It yeah. Just, oh, oh my god! It's it's one of those things like I've never seen a car flip in my life in real life, but I'm pretty sure it doesn't look like that. No, no, none of the nothing that a car does happens in this movie because that's not even the most ridiculous car physics that we have in this movie at all. Then there's a weird cut to him with like this weird hazy gray effect. That, you know, he's in the hospital. And then he's just back to work. We find out he had concussions or something. Yeah, he's just back to work. He healed up really quick. Yeah. Although we didn't know that much about concussions back then, so it's fine, I'm sure. We find out the prints from, from Linda Fiorentino were in the residence of the murdered guy. Uh, we're back to the Snoopy neighbor. He's looking through uh, through pics of, uh, of women. He points out Linda as a woman he's seen multiple times at that house. Crusoe goes to Chaz. Chaz calls him a paisan. Uh, find out her prints were on the hatchet. Crusoe. Well, don't you mean Matt, Matt Gavin? I'm sorry, Matt the Gavin. Most, the most Italian name. Hey, Paisan, I'm telling you. The whole movie, he talks like this. Paisan. What's what is- pasta, pasta fazuli? What's Theory. your name? Actually, his name was supposed to be David Corelli, and Matt Gavin yes. was supposed to be Crusoe's name, but Crusoe 100%. didn't want to go by anything other than David, so they just switched him. 100%. Okay. 100%. Uh, Crusoe wants to talk to her officially. Chaz doesn't believe she did it. Then they go to this palatial estate to talk to Linda. Chaz is there. This guy, Bob Hargrove, is played by the dude from the first Terminator. Yeah, by the there. way, painting in Chaz's office, fucking dope, man. I don't know if you saw it. Oh, I agree. I, I made a note of that as well. I love that The painting. ship's on fire, right? Fantastic, and it's oh, huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so now Chaz is being protective. She explains that she's on the museum board. That's how she knows them. She admits she touched the hatchet. Uh, when he showed her the mask, and she says she has no alibi until 9 o'clock that night. Crusoe asks if they've had sex. Chaz is pissed. She says no. The other cops think she did it. Now Chaz and Linda have sex, and it's a very uncomfortable sex scene. She doesn't seem to be into it. She's kind of crying. I don't understand what the point of that sex scene was. Yeah. Uh, I guess to humanize her, maybe? I don't know. Now we're watching the sex video from the beach house. It's Chaz Linda is- in the video. Yes, by the way, this scene I called Cops Watching Porn. And uh, they enhance the video, but it's just this weird zoom. Yeah, oh yeah, enhance. Yeah, enhance. But then back then they didn't have the term zoom in. No. He he walks out of the office. He sees one of the cops talking to the dude from the governor's office. We see Hargrove talking to Holt McCallany from Mindhunter in the parking lot. Yeah, there's that. And so when he walks out of the office walking down the hallway – a uh, woman cop from uh, Rush Hour comes and asks him some stuff. And I don't know if you guys noticed this. In the background, someone's walking a dog. There's oh. a dog in the office. Like someone's trying to wrangle the dog. A very unruly dog, I might say. It's not. This is not the time of emotional support animals either. I just, it's if I just like, what the fuck is this happening? Is this the Hall of Justice or police station or whatever? Like, why, why is there a dog here? Uh, Angie is walking and she gets destroyed by a car out of nowhere. Oh, the hit and run, man. Oh, it's man. Amazing. He backs up over. Her getting hit, all I have is LMAO. Oh, my God. I, I could mean, stop just, laughing. Yo, it's, I was she flies. So Crusoe's on the move. He's a terrible driver. Uh, he gets left behind, but then finds him again. They're chasing through a Chinese New Year parade. Oh, wait, hold on. How about the part where he loses the 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 perp? And then realizes the purpose on the street down there. And all I could pray for was, please have him drive down the hill. Please have him drive down the hill. Please have him drive down. And sure enough, he drove right down that hill. Right back in the traffic. The perp escapes by going down, like right through a street parade through Chinatown. Yeah. And mind you, the the perp doesn't like try to pull off any. The perp is like stopped at a stoplight, right? Yeah. With blood all over the front of his car. Yeah. Like, all over it. Um, but, so, yeah, then they go through the Chinese New Year parade. But and- as Caruso goes to go chase, all of a sudden, this parade that just had a car mow through it is, has, is back to normal. And we're back to doing the parade. Nothing and they're all Chinese the, New Year. But they're shocked all over again when this other car right. comes so they're like, what, another one? Yeah. What is going on here? It's this, And also, they can't go fast because there's people everywhere. So it's the slowest car chase of all time. Like, they thought this would be suspenseful. It was like it was like watching like it was like watching those videos of like the hundred year old sprinters, you know, on a track. Like, oh, he set the world record for a guy who was a hundred years old. But that's what like that's the race. It's just old guys running. 
Tony Medley would have hated this car chase. He would have hated it. It's nothing, nothing like the car chases of his, of his youth. In Bullet, which is set in San Francisco as well. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, it's like the yeah. It's the exact opposite. All right. Their their cars are getting hammered. The Thunderbirds. Uh, that's the one he's chasing. Starts speeding away. They're finally out and driving fast again. It was that was it was just a completely unnecessary part of this chase. It didn't add anything to it other than having Chinese New Year there. Crusoe gets dusted again. He's on the pier, slowly going through on the pier, trying to find this car. And then this car absolutely trucks Caruso's car off the, way the pier. The way he says shit right before impact. Yes. <laughs> it's like watching like the the office linebacker commercials. Oh, Terry Tate. That's how the car goes flying off the pier and into the water. It was hysterical. I watched that like three times. Oh, man, it's so good. And then as, as Crusoe's trying to get out of the water, this guy just says, man, you fucked up. Which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, there's some good homeless person B-roll in this car chase sequence. Really set the tone of mid-90s San Francisco. Now we're <laughs> at the medical examiner. Angie Everhart is naked on a table, dead, obviously. Or is it? Oh, or is it? Was it not? It was not. She she filmed the nude scene and then changed her mind, and they body doubled her. Oh, that's disappointing. Nice. Nice. Uh, I, I wrote gratuitous full frontal nudity. You can't take my memories away, though. I'll tell you that. Hey, whoever that's body double is, at a girl. The guy from Terminator and Crusoe get into a fight in the examiner's room. Now Crusoe is talking to the woman detective again. They're trying to figure oh, out. Wait a second. What? Is that the dude in Terminator that gets sent back? Kyle into Reese? Yeah. Yeah. Tra- they to protect Reese? Linda Hamilton. Yeah. What? Yeah. I thought, yo, you know what? Now I think about it, it does look like him with a mustache. Take the mustache off, man. He's saving yeah. the world. Oh, uh, damn. Yeah. Uh, now they're trying to figure out how to charge Linda with a motive um, and make it premeditated. Turns out she has a black Thunderbird. They're going to bring her in. The DA says, you can't charge her. We don't even have a motive. And then they're like, what car does she drive? A black Thunderbird. He's like, all right, bring her in. I'm like, that's still not a motive, man. <laughs> right. That's an automotive. Yeah. Oh, wow. I'm just saying. Wow. <laughs> no? Oh, you can go fuck yourself on that one. <laughs> so Chaz and Linda get brought in. They're playing Angie's confession and then the sex tape. So now she admits to cheating on her husband one time, uh, says to bring the girl on the tape in there, and they tell her she's dead. They're trying to uh, track her in some lies. They want Crusoe out of this. She still hasn't been charged. Linda tells Chaz that she knows about all the women he's been fucking, and he asks if that's why she did it. And then they end up doing it. Yeah, and then they end up fucking. But here's the best part. He, at some point in the show, him engaged in what I'm assuming to be cunnilingus. The only reason I can assume it is because, based on his body placement, it looks like he's eating the shit out of her belly button. Right. <laughs> right. He's, way too, he's way too high on her body. <laughs> Yeah. Way too high. I mean, it's like right below the bra line. Basically. Yeah, like right below her sternum, basically. Yeah. Maybe her vagina's in her stomach. Her vagina. B e r j i n a. Now they find the Thunderbird, but it says it's not hers. It says it was stolen from Sacramento. Sacramento, what up? Uh, Caruso's convinced it's the car from the chase. He's going through old photo albums of him and Linda and Chaz and wedding pictures. Weird. Very weird. Yeah, weird scene. Unnecessary. He has the cufflink out and is thinking about the beach house and the mask and the dead body. So yeah, now Linda and Chaz are, are fucking. They're making it up. She asks if the tape turned him on. Now she goes to talk to Caruso. He asks who he's talking to. She says she knows too much and the people who killed others. And now she's trying to fuck Caruso, but he says everything's changed. She slaps him and leaves. He definitely... Like had to t- seriously talk him out of talk himself out of fucking her though. Oh, yeah, there's a yeah, point. Absolutely. Like there's a point where you could just tell he's like, ah, oh, but then yeah, all right. Yeah, so like, how can I say no? So now there's a murder with the spear. Okay, who's this dude that got killed? I don't know. I- it's the neighbor. Oh, oh, the neighbor. Dude, I had no idea because his face was so fucked up. I'm like, who is this now? <laughs> right. The body has only been dead an hour, so it couldn't have been Linda because she was with him. Right. Uh, now we have a sex montage with Linda and some dude. And I, and I said about the dude was because <laughs> this is a very long montage and they do a yeah. bunch of things. But one of the scenes is she's got a stocking over her face. Right. And I said, was this dude's fantasy to fuck a bank robber? Like, 
And that was after he got his nuts stomped on. Yeah, she was like, yeah, she's really giving it to him with some heels and the nuts. Oh. Like, I was, man. Yeah, and this is the second scene in this movie that has no context and no relevance to anything none, else. None, and it has the worst song of all time playing. Oh, yeah. The absolute worst song of all time. She starts slapping the dude, tells him to stop, goes to a chair, cries. And he, and he kind of like does the awkward, you know, when you're naked as a dude and you're naked and he's yeah. alone, but you still don't feel comfortable. Like, so, yeah, he's kind of covered. He's yeah, he strategically like, placing his legs and everything. Yeah, like he's kind of crouched over and kind yeah. of slowly, oh, slowly approach without exposing anything. You know what the crouch is? The crouch is like, oh, I wonder if I recognize these tire tracks. That's what the crouch is. <laughs> um, <laughs> when she left tire tracks on his nuts, so maybe. Oh. You know, she's really giving it to him. I mean, like with some anger there. there was, yeah. Yeah. No, she was, this was yeah, there rage. was something else behind that. This was rage. <laughs> Hysterical blindness. Yeah. Now Chaz goes to Caruso, pulls a gun on him, asks if he's fucked her. Whereas this movie's all over the place and nowhere at the same time. Now we have someone rating records. Linda's driving with tears in her eyes. There's a gloved figure with a hatchet running walking around the house. A woman screams. How do you think OJ felt during this moment? sexy i bet he felt sexy he probably got off like he probably had an erection this whole movie that had he told patricia whatever her name is yeah. put her hand and put her hand in the popcorn box. <laughs> hey twitter world it's me <laughs> i like eating popcorn at the movies it's an all-american got a hole in the popcorn put my dick in it yeah well i've heard some people have some problems with that and if you don't like it just eat your jujubes and shut the fuck up I wrote, I have no idea what's going on here. Linda gets home. She sets the alarm. She calls for the housekeeper. There's no answer. A phone is ringing. The camera is tilted like it's Battlefield Earth. Yeah, that was weird. Very diagonal. She finds the body. She gets attacked. She's fighting the guy off. She runs upstairs. Everybody runs upstairs in this movie. Nobody has an exit strategy. She trips over a bucket of balls, which I start. I started thinking, oh, dude's going to trip over those. No. Yeah. Because they zoomed in on it, like, it made it very, like, this is an important thing that'll come in important later. She's trying to get out of a window, but it's jammed. She breaks it with a chair. The guy comes through. Chaz and Caruso break in. They shoot a guy. They pull off the mask. I don't know, or not mask, but they they show the guy's face in the light, and I didn't know who he was. It's a different cop. His name is Pat. He's the other guy that the the mayor's aide was talking to. Or, sorry, the governor's aide. Crusoe finds the attacker, like, throws all three of them into this pane of glass that's just on the ground in the attic. Now the guy, oh, we find out it's Bob. It's the Terminator guy. He's just working Crusoe over. He's choking him. Crusoe's choking face is just ridiculous. Like, he's the worst facial actor I've ever seen. Uh, He hits him with a lamp. There's cops all in there. Chaz shoots Bob multiple times. His dying acting is horrendous. A lot of bad physical acting in this one. Now we go to the governor. Crusoe has confronted him on this whole thing. The governor says it's tragedy for justice when law enforcement people go bad. They acted purely on their own out of misguided loyalty. This is another gangster-ass scene from the governor. And if you don't like the governor, there's something wrong with you. Caruso says to him, we leave Linda Fiorentino alone. Anything happens to her, the pictures, all of it goes public. And the governor doesn't miss a beat, looks right at him and says, what if something happens to you? Woo. And your boy Caruso didn't have shit to say. No, nope, he sure didn't. Oh, man, I was like, yeah, that is a gangster-ass governor, man. Back to Linda and Chaz's house. Linda's sex pics are all over, like a like a desk, like a makeup area. What's that thing called? Vanity? Vanity, yeah. yeah. We see Chaz going through some of his jewelry. He's missing a cufflink. It's a cufflink from earlier. Uh-huh. Plot twist. Chaz says he, he killed the guy because he wouldn't let anybody hurt her, then said he has hysterical blindness and just doesn't remember it. Ha-ha! He says the next time they make love, introduce me to Jade. And that ladies and gentlemen, it needs to be clipped and inserted somewhere into the permanent cinephobe intro music. Next time we make love, you introduce me to Jade. (laughs) (laughs) And that's it. That's the end of the movie. That's the movie. It made so much sense. No resolution. The director's cut. What did we miss, Maze? So in the director's cut, after this scene, Caruso has recorded the conversation between Matt and Katrina about Medford. 
and he gets out of the car with the intent of arresting Matt. That makes no sense. No. That's that a, makes, it's even that makes less resolution. That makes less sense yeah. than the way the movie ended. I'd rather he just didn't. No one knew, and this dude did it rather than yeah. Caruso knew, but somehow he played possum this whole time. Yeah, excuse me, Rotten Tomatoes user Jack B, go fuck yourself. Jack B. Wallen. Jack B. Jackin. During this movie. No, that was uh, what's my man? What's the writer's name? Joe Westerhouse. Uh, Joe, Joe B. Jackin. <laughs> All right, what's the trivia? What, what, what other trivia do we have in this one? All right, according to Joe Esterhaus's autobiography, Hollywood Animal, just take a second and let that sink in. Oh my in. God, I'm buying this book right now. Hold on. He hated it. Director William Friedkin changed his script so much, he threatened to remove his name from the credits. Paramount settled with him by giving him a blind script deal worth 2 to $4 million. Later, Friedkin admitted that he virtually rewrote the whole script. And said this film was his most favorite film he had ever made. What? How? He made The French Connection, but he liked Jade more. <laughs> Not enough tits in The French Connection. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, if you were interested in purchasing Hollywood Animal, a memoir by Joe Esterhaus on Amazon, you can get a hardcover for $2. Oh, good. <laughs> I feel like we owe it. Like we should, You know what we should do? We should buy that book and read excerpts at the live show. <laughs> How about that's that? Not a, that's not a bad idea. Yeah. Combined with Kiss of Death, this was David Caruso's 1995. They were both box office disasters. Kiss of Death, $40 million budget, $15 million box office. The roles of David and Matt were turned down by Warren Beatty and Kenneth Branagh, respectively. Wow. Wow. Can you imagine Whoa. Warren Beatty or Kenneth Branagh? Kenneth Branagh. Good Lord. The dude does Shakespeare, man. <laughs> <laughs> Julia Roberts and Sharon Stone. And I saw a list of a lot more people turned down the role of Katrina. Linda Fiorentino originally turned down the part because she didn't want to play a prostitute, but changed her mind once her character was changed through rewrites to be a clinical psychologist who I guess dabbles in prostitution. There you go. Big difference. Gene Siskel singled the film out as the worst one he saw in 1995. Of course, yeah. Wait, well, he didn't see Theodore Rex. I'm, I'm digging. <laughs> oh, shit. 1995 is becoming quite a year for cinephobe movies, huh? 1995, yeah. a number. <laughs> <laughs> Friedkin said... Although it contained some of my best work, I felt I had let down the actors, the studio, and most of all, Sherry. Sherry Lansing, his wife, and an executive at Paramount. I went into a deep funk. Was it the exorcist curse, as many have suggested? A poor choice of material? Or simply that whatever talent I had was ephemeral? Maybe all of the above. Do we rate this thing now? I won't lie, kind of expected a little bit more on the trivia side, the way you hyped it up. Like, don't look up anything. I've I mean, got a the lot OJ, of OJ thing's pretty good. I didn't want anybody to see the OJ thing. That's the whole... It was all for that. It was all for yeah. OJ. Everything else was just kind of all right. All right, let's go ahead and give give these ratings. What you got, Zach? It's a, it's a huge phobe. Are you kidding me? This movie is horrendous. This movie's not gripping in any way. It's not sexy. Like, Linda Fiorentino's forever great. But even she's not, like, great in this movie, like, hot in this movie. Like, I mean, it's just, I don't It's so bad. Caruso's, like, again, he looks like he's, looks like he's having an orgasm anytime he's in a car that's flying all over the place. Maybe right, that's how so, he drives. I don't know. But, you know, it's a huge phobe. When you say you really did not like this movie, Zach, I need you to put it to me in the perspective of, like, this illustrious list of movies that we've done. It's right there with good luck, Chuck. Okay. It's about as low as I can go. All right. Okay. I'm going to say file. Get the fuck out. I, I was never bored by this movie. I was never, I, I felt like a lot of it was very half-assed, poorly done, terrible stunts, terrible uh, writing at times, terrible acting at times. But the story was there. There was a story there where I'm like, okay, what's where are we going with this? Okay, who who done it? Who killed it? Is it her? Is it who is it? You know, like, who are they? Like, I was there for the story, and the the parts that were bad made me laugh. And to me, this is what I think about when I say we want to do these bad movies for this podcast. 
I think about movies like this. Can you make me be bad so bad that I laugh while at the same time having some semblance of a coherent story? I felt like it did both of those things. So I'm going with file. Maze? 14%, extremely low. There is not a lot separating this movie from Basic Instinct, which I also watched semi-recently. I'm I'm sorry? There's not a lot separating it. It's... Same movie, Zach. The same formula. Same formula. And Basic Instinct is considered to be a huge success, a classic to some people. I I enjoyed it more than 14%. It's a file for me. There you go. That's how I feel. I enjoyed it more than 14%. To me, this if you had told me this movie was 37%, 35%, I'd be like, okay, but 14%, that's way too low. This is a good movie. This, I do think I need to admit that about 45 minutes of this movie I watched on mute with subtitles. <laughs> were you having your own chemtrail explosion? No, we were recording the mailbag. I was trying to get through it. I was out of time. Also, no, you know what, Maze? Get the fuck out of here. This is the same movie as Basic Instinct. Are you kidding me? Basic Instinct is iconic. There's very little separating it. There's good acting. There's better writing. Mm-hmm. There's better directing. I mean, we were talking about Michael Douglas on the mailbag today. I'm not a Michael Douglas guy. But you're a David Caruso guy? The two lines that he gives that I really enjoyed, <laughs> it's a fuckhouse. That's a fuck that's house. pretty classic. Basically, he doesn't have a single scene like that. You know what? <sighs> I expected this out of a mean. I, I'm disappointed in you. I expected a mean to jack into this movie and be happy and say I, I enjoyed it. But you, Maze, like, I, you're... You're too tall to act this way. <laughs> I got to see Linda Fiorentino's tits, man. I guess I find myself to be somewhat of a Hollywood animal, you know? <laughs> Easy there. <laughs> Watch that line. <laughs> <laughs> Maze as a friend, I'm going to tell you to pull back just a minute. <laughs> the governor killed it. The governor scenes alone are good. Amazing. He did an amazing job. Guys, they had a two-mile-an-hour car chase. The car chase was way too much. But I laughed. The T-boning at the end made me laugh really hard. Yeah. That's the best part of the movie. Just flies off that dock. It's not that he flies off the dock. First of all, it's the way it looks. Every car crash, every car thing that happened that was a stunt looks so bad. But the other part of it is just the way he says shit. (laughs) (laughs) Are we done with this fucking movie? Yeah. I never want to talk about this movie again. Next time we make love. You introduced me to Jade.